Some days are terrible, you wish that you were dead And some days are magical, like great banana bread Someday we'll be friends with the voices in our heads The voices in our heads Hi everybody, how you doing? You okay? Congrats on not killing yourself, guys. Welcome to The Voices in Our Heads. My name is Christina Marie Hutchinson. Born February 19th, 1988. And now you can do my birth chart for me. Thank you. Um, so honored to be the voice in your head right now. Super excited. Uh, something that I thought of on the way uh, on my Uber here. Uh, Uber driver was new in town as I texted Michael. Cause boy, he was just, I was like, oh, whenever I take an Uber and I don't drive, I do it to here a lot because parking in Williamsburg is Satan. Okay. So you can't really, I don't want to, I don't want to pay a $65 ticket because I'm being lazy. So, uh, I took an Uber and I'm like, I'm going to get all this stuff done in the Uber. You know, and I take an Uber, you go and you e- do your emails, do your little emails, Christina. If you're going to be driven around, that's nice, but do your emails. This motherfucker was circling my neighborhood after he picked me up and I did not realize it because I was doing my emails. So uh, that's on me, I guess. And him, Uber, anybody could be a driver. That's how he drove, how I just spoke. He just he just wasn't driving anywhere. And I'm like, bro, I know this this area can be a little confusing, but it's not that confusing. Fucking, I sent so many emails, but then I realized he's been circling my block for like three times. But I'm happy to be here. Uber, anybody can be a driver. Oh, I messed it up again. It's okay. I'm going to forgive myself because I have done the work and I'll just cry about it later. Um, You know what I don't like? What I would love us to stop doing as a nation. Yeah, I'm going to get political. These whole smile, you're on camera. (laughs) signs are so rude that tone that's the tone of a cunt okay smile yeah no go steal that thing because you're on camera (laughs) smile you don't mean it when you say smile don't say don't say that just say hey don't do fucked up shit because we're watching you how about we just say that because that's what you mean say what you mean on a sign it's just like the other signs about the picking your dog shit up or curbing your dog the ones that say good neighbors curb their dog. And then it's just an ellipses. That's so rude. What are you, what are you, my narcissistic mother? Ew. I just, I don't like that tone. I don't like the tone. Just say, just say, hey, if you have a store and you don't want people to steal shit, just say, hey, we have security cameras. So if you steal shit, we'll see it. So don't steal shit. I know that's a lot of words for a sign, but you can condense it instead of just saying, smile. You're on camera. Smile, you're on camera would should be the slogan for podcasting today. Because God damn it, do all podcasts have video? And that's just not what a podcast is. And I'm really happy I posted a clip of me ranting about how podcasts should just be audio only because that's what a podcast is. And we've totally changed the definition by adding the video element. And I gotta say, a lot of people were, were a lot of people fucks with me on that concept. A lot of people were like, I appreciate your vulnerability. And then a couple people were like, Hey girl, I'm sorry. You're not doing well. I'm like, D- I'm fine. I'm a comedian. I'm joking about the time when I was suicidal for an entire year and I had to be on camera and I didn't want to. And then I had to watch myself on camera for clips and then I had to post the clip 
and I hated every second of it. <laughs> it's cameras don't lie. Okay. That's why a lot of men on their dating app profiles put sunglasses on and all their photos. Cause they don't want you to see that evil they're going on behind those eyes. <laughs> That's a red flag ladies. Okay. You know what else is weird? The pledge of allegiance. That's creepy. If we, if we, if you're just going about you, we all did. If you go to school in America, I don't know if private schools do this. What was that? Oh, it was, a, it was something was moving. Yeah. Did you hear that? No. Oh, maybe it was a ghost. It wasn't. Um, I had to say the Pledge of Allegiance, you know, every day in school. You stand up. You face the American flag. And you, and you put your hand on your heart. And you have to say, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands. One nation under God is separation from church and state a thing. To the, oh yeah. One nation under God for liberty and justice for all, which is bullshit. Cause that ain't true, but that's so creepy making how insecure are you in your country? that you have to make five-year-olds stand up every day before they start their classes, face the American flag, put their hand on their heart and, and talk like a robot. Like they're, it's just, it, it, it just feels a little dictatory. It does feels a little dictator. If your country's so great, how about you let me express my love for it when I see fit the way I see fit. That's like when people are trying to hand out religious pamphlets to me in Union Square and they're like, please come and pray. Or, you know, I pray for your, or there's all these motherfuckers talking about if you don't, if you have not welcomed Jesus into your life, you're going to hell. And they're talking about prayer. And I'm like, if prayer works so well, sir, who probably hasn't got laid in a while, who's probably homosexual and is too afraid to come out because the religion that you grew up in shuns uh, you loving somebody who's the same gender, which is absolute bullshit. And you know it then why don't you pray for me? Oh, oh, praying doesn't work that much? Ha, huh. caught you, bitch. Caught you. Caught you. <laughs> the only times I used to pray in my life were when I dropped my phone and it landed face down on the ground. I was just praying that I didn't crack that screen, baby. Oh, I was praying so hard. I, I was a devout Christian or wherever you want to call somebody who prays. I was that. The second I dropped my phone and it landed face down. And then I pray also when I apply liquid eyeliner because Lord knows that shit's hard. And one little, you're done. You're done. You got to redo the whole thing. And you always start, you're like, I'm going to do little slight lines. It's just going to be lit. It's just going to be just a little, little, puh, like a little kitten paw, just graze my eye. And then cut to 12 minutes later, you're neck and neck with the mirror. You got a three inch thick line on your eye, on your eyelid. And you're like, this isn't the look I planned on using. But yeah, every time before I apply liquid eyeliner, I go, come on, God, help me. <laughs> I can't do this. I'm not good at painting. There was another time I used to pray. Oh, before I took a pregnancy test. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Pledge of Allegiance is fucking weird. It's just weird. Just think of right now, whatever you're doing, what are you doing? Your spreadsheets? You on your treadmill? You you driving your kid to school? Hope this is playing quietly because I'm going to say fucking cunt and shit. 
uh, and your kids, it's going to be like, mom, what's that? Those words. And you're going to be like, shut up. And she's going to become a comedian. Um, just wherever you're at in your day, listen to this. Just think, take a, take a moment and think about a group of seven-year-olds being forced to stand up and face the American flag and put their hand on their heart and recite a pledge of allegiance to this country. That's fucked up, dude. Why insecure, America? You're so great. You're not acting like it. Thank you. Thank you. That's my thoughts on America right now. Um, you know what's really tough for me? Really tough. One of the toughest things, one of the toughest situations you could ever put me in is when I'm, when someone's talking to me and I'm trying real hard to listen, but I'm just not interested in anything the person's saying. Could be for a number of reasons. I don't like the person, which is a rarer reason because usually I like most people. If I don't like you, you mu we must have fucked each other over in our past life because that's rare. Uh, number two is that your tone sucks, meaning like boring, just a boring tone. I'm very, I, voices mean a lot to me. The way somebody speaks can say so much more to me than the actual words that they're using. But when someone's talking to me and they're telling me this story and they're invested in the story, but I am absolutely not invested in the story. And I'm just getting all these intrusive thoughts. And then I start looking at their face and I just start like judging their, the physical features of their face. And then they ask me if I'm following or they like bring up something that very clearly is just, you know, distressing for them. And I don't, I don't remember what they just told me as I was looking into their eyeballs while they were talking, thinking everything except taking in what they were thinking. Like my brain makes it rain with intrusive thoughts when I'm talking to a boring person. And then I feel terrible and I have not been listening to them the whole time. One day I'll be at a place in my self-help journey where I can just very comfortably tell somebody, I gotta be honest, I wasn't listening to anything you were saying, even though I'm four inches from your face and I was looking at you, nothing you said register. Could you please repeat that? I'm too scared to say that. I don't want to say that. So then I just go, oh my God, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's way easier to do it when you're on the phone. Oh my God. Cause then they can't see you. Speaking of video in places it doesn't belong. Can, does every call have to be a zoom call? No. Can we just talk on the phone so I could do other things while we're talking in case you're boring. Also too, sometimes doing another task for me helps me take in the tasks that I should be focusing on the most. The ADHD in my brain is wild. I don't know if ADHD is, um, Genetic. My mom definitely, I remember she told me about having it all the time. And she def, she does. She, oh boy, that woman does. She has a lot of stuff. God bless her. Hope you're doing well, mom. I really do. Um, if you're listening to this, it's a little weird, but also I love you and I hope you're well. Um, but yeah, that ADHD brain is, is, it's invasive. It's, it's awful. And there's all these accounts on ADHD on Instagram. And some of these traits, I feel very seen when there this lady, there's this lady, her her handle is coaching with Brooke. And does Brooke have an E? You fucking bat your ass, it does. 20 plus years certified ADHD and EF coaching. Successful, F-U-L-L in all caps. Whoa. Did you hear that? That one's on me. Yeah, I didn't think it was going to make noise. Wow, Michael. Two for two. No, I'm one for one. 
No, because last week you did something, you sighed when you were responding to an email from somebody else. Oh, well, if we're counting the weeks, then yeah. Yeah. I've I've made a lot of mistakes, but (laughs) what are you going to (laughs) do? Hey, that's a healthy attitude, baby. (laughs) That's a healthy attitude. Um, Yeah. So wait, so some of these, I'm just reading some of these infographics, you know, these mental health accounts on Instagram, they love their infographics. And sometimes I'm like, to these people, like the people, the guy, this guy, Patrick, who talks about childhood trauma, he has great things to say about it. I love when the posts come up. They really resonate with me. Uh, but uh, part of me is like, aren't you sick of just talking about that, Patrick? You got other interests. And I know you probably use other outlets for them, but like, don't you kind of, but then, then what happens is like, there's this one woman I follow on Instagram. She's like this young, cute chick talks about paranormal stuff. But then every once in a while, she'll post like a hot picture. And I'm like, no, these things. No, you're the paranormal chick. Put your fucking shirt back on. (laughs) You are in one lane and one lane only. You've branded yourself as a paranormal lady. Stop trying to seduce us all with your titties. They look really good. But now I'm confused. Okay, are you going to talk about ghosts? Are you going to be a hottie with the titties? Which that's bullshit. I mean, that's just something my brain does. But um, uh, here's some infographics from Coaching with Brooke. Have you heard how ADHDers are feeling organized and present? Oh, wait, no, that's just testimonials. Oh, ADHD regulatory fill-ups. The times when we feel drained without a definite reason, that's me all the time, we may need to fill one of our tanks for an energy boost. That's when I use cocaine. No, I'm just kidding. She didn't say that. Nothing interesting. Do I have a hobby or interest right now to engage my brain? Yeah, I do. That's why I started playing the drums. Okay, this this infographic. Am I getting enough hour uh, enough hours of quality sleep? Yes. Okay. So wait, give me give me the infographic where I can excuse my behaviors and just bundle it up with ADHD. Um, excuse me. Do you feel like you have a constant fear of failure? Here's what's going on. Now I'm like, yeah, but is that ADHD? I'll take it. Fear of failure is deeply rooted in our desire for success and societal expectations. It's a natural but often limiting response to challenges. The fear is often linked to low self-esteem. Fuck you, Brooke. You're probably right. And past experiences. It's a psychological barrier that hinders growth and learning. The dread of making mistakes. And this is me, girl. The dread. When I make a mistake, I get down on myself to the point where it's uncomfortable for those around me. And I, and I know that that's so unnecessary, so unnecessary. Makes everything worse, makes others around you uncomfortable. Why do I do it? Don't know. Trying to stop. I'm trying. It's just not working yet. Um, the dread of making mistakes can lead to overcaution, avoiding decisions, and uh, even causing analysis paralysis. How to overcome it? Encourage yourself to reach out for support from, oh, fuck that. No, I'm not asking. I'm not calling up a friend when I'm going in one of my ADHD circles of like, I have all these things on my to-do list and I just keep running around in circles, cleaning my home. ADHD simulation seeking. ADHDers frequently face understimulation. Y'all, that's what I'm saying. When I'm bored, I get mad. I hate being bored. Oh, I hate it. Due to dopamine deficiency. Oh, okay. It's an uncomfortable feeling of boredom that can lead us to resort to questionable methods for satisfaction. Yeah, like smoking weed and then masturbating and then smoking more weed and then playing piano and then forgetting you masturbated. So you masturbate again. And then when you're doing it, you realize, oh, I already did this. This is going to take like way longer. And then you still don't get anything done. Common stimulation seeking tendencies, fast driving. <laughs> that's me as hell. Yo, that's me as hell. Oral fixations, 
or boredom eating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Smoking. Skin picking. Yeah. Is that ADHD? Shit. I do that. Loud music and or crazy dancing. Checkity check, bitch. Social media doom scrolling. That I don't do anymore because I do. I refuse to suck the man's D and be addicted to Instagram. It happens every day, but not as much as it used to happen. So good for me. Increased competitiveness. <laughs> That's why people hated playing board games with me as a child and as an adult. It is our instinct to turn the quickest activity for the easiest dopamine. Yes. When left unchecked, the stimulation-seeking tendencies can easily be self-destructive or harmful uh-huh. to our relationships. In our relationships, we may cheat. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Because if you're bored or if you're like, uh, yeah, I totally get it. Start arguments. Check it. check. Jump in and out of exciting and often toxic relationships. I wouldn't know anything about that. <laughs> Sexual stim... Oh, shit. Here we go. It's going to tell me I masturbate too much. Sexual stimulation releases, releases endorphins that help, help to reduce the restlessness caused by our ADHD. If I can give you one word to my life that I like, that's like my Achilles heel, it, it, it wouldn't be boredom. It would be restlessness. I get restless. Oh, I get so sick of myself. That's why I've started running. Yo, dude, running. You got to run. It's so it. I run. Yes. The, the physical, my ass. <clears throat> chef's kiss, baby. It's looking fucking fine. I got a nice ass right now because I've been running so much, but I got to say as much as I want to look the best that I can possibly look and, and feel good, it's the mental clarity that running gives me. That is the most, that is the best gift running has given me. I cannot tell you how much clearer my head is when I run. It's amazing. Some ADHDers may seek sex more to achieve this relief. Mm, shit. Yeah. Safer solutions, start a conversation or debate on a topic that interests you. That is a safe solution for me. Uh, try mountain biking. Nope. Work out. Do that already. Try making, try making something new. Mm, I kind of already do that. Seek a trained professional to tackle addictions. Mm, nah, maybe next time. Try high adrenaline activities like zip lining or roller coasters. You know I go to those roller coasters. Oh my God. Fucking, um, Six Flags in Halloween, riding a roller coaster in the fall. So fun. Um, were you a doodler in school? Yes, all the time. Um, ADHD. Oh, ADHD and emotions. Here we go. Here we go. Give me excuses, Brooke. Many ADHDers can experience very intense emotions due to emotional processing challenges. Well, maybe that's my problem. It's not that I'm a Pisces, it's that I have ADHD. Our working memory is impaired, which typically helps to sustain, focus, and self-regulate. Mm -hmm. And there's a picture of a girl drinking coffee caught on fire. And she said, this is fine. That's me. This can allow momentary emotion to feel too strong or we, we may underact to situations. Girl, I don't underact. You're not gonna find that in the house of Christina. It's overreacting only. Flooding is when a momentary emotion fills up all the space in your head leaving no room for other thoughts or information. Yeah, that sucks. Flooding makes it difficult to tolerate these emotions enough to process or deal with them effectively. We can also experience trouble ex uh, distinguishing them, dangerous threats and minor problems. Our emotions also tend to dictate our motivation. Uh-huh. We usually have lots of motivation for things that interest us, goddamn right, Brooke, and feel repulsed by undesirable tasks. Thank you. I very often feel repulsed by undesirable tasks. Man. Oh, and it's a bitch to work with me. I gotta say. 
Because when I don't want to do it, oh, and I say some, to someone I'm going to do it because of course I'm going to, I got to share the workload and then I don't do it. Oh, it sucks. But we're getting better. We're learning. We're growing. We're figuring it out. You know what I mean? I'm seeing Sleep No More tonight for the last time because the show's closing. Sleep No More, if you don't know, is an immersive theater show at the McKittrick Hotel. And I've said this before on the show. I don't know who the fuck billionaire daddy is throwing them bills at McKittrick Hotel, but holler at your girl on Instagram at Christina Hutch, K-R-Y-S-T-Y-N-A. I'm looking for a billionaire investor for my immersive theater idea, but I need those dollars, daddy. I need those dollars. Okay. Um, or you could sign up for my Patreon at patreon.com slash Christina Hutchinson. I do group zoom therapy that therapy because I'm not a licensed therapist once a week. I lead it and I say something that's going on with me and then you can talk about whatever's going on with you. That's another way to support my, um, my theater dream, my immersive theater dream. Um, if I make a billion dollars on Patreon, all that money's going to my fucking immersive theater dream. Uh, or I get a billionaire daddy to invest. Either one. I'll take a, whatever one, whatever one you guys want to do. Um, but sleep no more. I've seen it three times. This will be my fourth time seeing it. I'm seeing it with my boyfriend and my friend Diane and my friend Stephanie. And um, it's a very sexy show. Apparently, there is an orgy scene at Sleep No More. Sleep No More takes place in a giant warehouse building in Manhattan. It is gorgeous. The lighting is incredible. You feel like you are in a movie. I loved, personally, if we're going to get nerdy about this, which we are because it's my show, uh, I loved And Then She Fell better. Uh, however, because it was a smaller audience and they direct you where to go. But Sleep No More is incredible. Um, there's just so many places to go. And you could literally wander off and just be alone in this room, in the top room at the warehouse. And no one, the sh- there's a lot of audience members in the show, but it's the, the stage area is so vast and it expands multiple floors that you could just be on your own fucking off and no one will know. Um, but apparently there is an orgy scene in Sleep No More. And I am so pissed that I have not seen it. P in V? Are you kidding me? Let me be there and put my eyes near it. Um, So my friend that we're going with, she's seen the orgy scene, I think twice. Or no, maybe she hasn't. Maybe it's her husband who's seen it. Either way, they're both coming. One of them knows where and when the orgy scene is. So what I'm trying to say is tonight, you girl gonna see an orgy at Sleep No More. And I cannot wait to talk to you about it next week. Oh, I hope I fucking see it. I don't want to miss the orgy. The boyfriend was having a tough day today. He's and he was he was getting mad at stuff. And I was like, boo, we're gonna see an orgy later. It's all good. You're gonna see a pussy. And then you're gonna see my pussy. Isn't that fun? He didn't care because I it was bad timing. I should I should have waited. ADHD, man. ADHD. Um, I want to thank anybody who listens to this. Wow, there's a couple actually. Um, who attended Wait What this past Saturday. I gotta say. I had a very good feeling leading up to the show. And I was talking just now about how like a lot of times when I have tasks and stuff with the, I don't know if it's the ADHD or what the fuck it is, but it's really hard for me to be organized and do all the things. Like if I don't do, like if I owe you money on Venmo because we split the bill at a restaurant and I was like, oh, I need to Venmo you now or I will never Venmo you. That's just how it goes. And so I, I was really nervous because I took on like a, like a producing type role with the show on Saturday just organizing pre-production calls with our three panel guests who were fantastic. And I had all these to-dos, right? And, but I crushed it. And I was like, oh shit, this is nice. I can get used to that. 
okay, okay. I wasn't coached by Brooke. I just did it on my own. Okay, girl. But it went so well. The vibe was so good. And at the end, I really, what I, my goal for that night was it, we sold it out. It was about 60 people. And, uh, my goal for the evening was I wanted to plant a seed of curiosity into your brain. And I really feel like that did that because we had, we had John Ronson as our first panel guest, uh, with my co-host Daniel Pinchbeck, who's written all these books on the topics that we cover on the show. Daniel brings the smart person facts. I bring the enthusiasm and John Ronson was amazing. He was telling us, uh, about he, there's, John Ronson is a fascinating person. He was friends with um, with uh, who's the crazy motherfucker now? A, uh, uh, who uh, was sued because he said Sandy Hook was a hoax? Alex Jones. Alex Jones yeah. So Alex Jones apparently, when he was in his twenties, wasn't the piece of shit he is today. And I didn't know this, but he like hung out with Alex Jones when they were younger. And apparently, there's this huge viral video of it online. I've not checked it out yet. And they. They, they managed to sneak into a meeting. It wasn't the Illuminati, but it was like a, a either a branch of the Illuminati or like a B-game Illuminati. They snuck into a, an Illuminati-type meeting, got caught, and then they were chased for like a long time. I think they were in Italy or something. I don't know. But I was like, God damn, John, you do some crazy shit, and I love you for it. And then I learned that John Ronson, he's a, he's a reporter. He's a journalist. He's a writer. He's incredible. He tells the best stories. He went UFO hunting with Robbie Williams on a private plane. Um, but the, he is the only journalist. I learned this actually from his son who told me, cause I was like, what is it like to have John Ronson as your dad? Cause he's so lovely. And I always wondered, you know, I know some people that have like a lovely, sensitive, poetic dad. And I'm always like, Oh, that's so nice. Like, Oh, having like a sensitive dad just feels like it would be so nice. But I was asking his son who's a musician, great musician. I was like, what's it like to have John Ronson as your dad? And he goes, he was talking, he was saying it was amazing. And he was saying how, you know, he's the only journalist who is not a Scientologist who is allowed in to Scientology. The only one on the planet that they're like, yeah, you're cool. You don't gotta be a Scientologist. You can come in and talk about us. Cause he, he, he has empathy. He has this beautiful amount of empathy that I think we should all have. He wrote the book, So You Should Be Public, uh, So You've Been Publicly Shamed, rather. And he talks about the importance of having curiosity. And I'm just like, oh, preach to us, John. Preach to us. He was fantastic. Uh, and then we had this man, David Savage, who was an empath on the show. And he uh, explained to us what his ability was. He basically sits with somebody, touches their hand, takes in their emotions, and then mirrors their emotions back. But it's not like, you're having a good day today. It's not vague shit. It's not first date shit. It's, I've been dating you for five years, and I'm going to tell you what you're really feeling that you're afraid to tell everybody else oh, wait, I just met you and I'm going to tell you all that. That was what was happening. And we, they did, a, there was a live demo. We want to do a live demo every show because I love a live demo. And he was very, he had a great attitude because he was like, oh, maybe I'll, maybe I'll be right and I'll nail it. Maybe I won't. I'm like, I love that attitude. Love that attitude, Davy. Davy baby. Uh, and he did a live demo on, on, a, on a friend and it was really cool. And, uh, and then we had this guy, Jay Christopher King, uh, who came out, who runs this thing called the Experiencer Group. And it's a place, it's a, it's a closed group and they, uh, it's a place where you can disclose, um, your experiences with aliens, UAPs, psychic phenomena, talking to somebody who's passed away, all this stuff. Um, because I, I don't realize this cause I'm so excited about these things, about these potential abilities in, in all of us that I don't, I completely skirt past the fact that like, if you're living in the middle of nowhere and you could talk to dead people, you're probably, your town's probably going to think you're a witch or some hack bullshit like that. Or people are going to 
people are going to say that what you experienced wasn't true. And I, 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 I didn't, I never paused to go like that must suck. Cause I'm like, of course it's true. And if you don't think it's true, you're a fucking idiot, but that's not the attitude that everybody has. And I need to remind myself of that. Um, but it was so good. It was so good. I think the next one is going to be February 24th. So if you're in New York, save the date. Tickets are not available yet, um, but they will sell out and it's going to be amazing. The audience was buzzing afterwards. They were, they, they were smiling ear to ear. And I could tell like some people I think found the event on Eventbrite, which is where I posted the ticket link. And I forget it's New York city voted the best city in the world. 2024, baby. Yeah. But people just go on Eventbrite looking for weird shit. And in New York, you're going to find it. And so a lot of people just kind of stumbled across the event and then bought tickets and they were so happy. And it made me so happy. They were just, and then people were telling me all their stories afterwards. Yo. So I wanted to, um, tell you, be the, you're the first to know guys. Uh, I don't think, uh, by the time this comes out on Monday, I probably won't have posted the graphic yet, but I have a phone number that you can text. If you're interested in sharing your stories, have you seen a UAP? Uh, have, do you think you've been abducted by aliens? Uh, can you talk to dead people? Do you have some type of psychic ability? Can you heal people? Like, or has some, just had something cr fucking crazy happen to you under the umbrella of these topics? Well, guess what, guys? You can text us. You could text us videos, pictures, or a story. This is the phone number that you should text. Hold on, let me get it. Okay, wait, hold on. Yeah, I'm prepared. Shut up. Okay, so it's 917-730-3288. Again, 917, or you could just press rewind, 730-3288. That's the number. You can call or text. Uh, don't call, but text. Text us stories. Text us videos. I want to hear it. I want to hear it. Because guess what? The gov the, I'm going to sound like a real loony tune. The government doesn't want us to be talking about this shit. I can't even say that without laughing. Uh, a lot of the alien stuff specifically um, is, is it's very hush hush with the government. And I think it's, there's multiple reasons why people can speculate why they're so hush hush. Um, doesn't matter. They are hush hush. So I, th but I, in the case of those types of uh, topics that the government like doesn't want you to talk about, again, I sound like a loony tune. Uh, I think people sharing their stories is the most valuable um, knowledge that we have about this stuff. So please share your story with me. I believe you and I want to hear it. Um, there you go. There you go. Oh, I watched this documentary. How long are we doing? 23 minutes? Oh, fuck. Okay, I'll get to the book soon. I watched this documentary and heads up, I'm about to talk about pedophilia because my God, were so many people on this planet Earth molested as children by pedophiles. It is a problem and I will never not talk about it. And I'll talk about it with great casualty because it's, or casualness, not casualty, um, because it happens so often. It's just, it's, it's crazy how often it happens to the point where much like aliens and ghosts, although a different vibe of category. Why are we not talking about this all the time? Way too many kids are getting touched. We need a system, okay? We need multiple systems. Here's one system. Just like my solution of uh, having a, a plume of ecstasy, the drug, over any um, countries that are experiencing war, uh, how that could, you know, uh, give us a little ceasefire, if only for a couple hours. But hey, it's something... We got to have a helpline for people who have pedophile feelings. We just have to. I understand the urge to want to murder a pedophile because when you think about a, a lovely, beautiful, pure, kind-hearted child 
being uh, violated in that way, it's awful. It's one of the worst things you could think about, but it's one of the reasons why we don't talk about this shit as often as we should. So I'm going to, I'm going to get over that hump for us all and say, we, we got to talk about it. It's awful. We need a number, an anonymous number or something where these people with these feelings can go because it is possible. There's a, an episode of this American life podcast called tarred and feathered where they interview a pedophile. They have a voice disguise because this motherfucker doesn't want to get murdered. I don't blame him. I'm assuming it's a guy, um, but he's never acted on it. He has the feelings. He's never acted on it. And he has a group, a, a, a support group. And I'm like, that's what we need because we got to stop touching kids. Okay. The kid touching that's got to stop. It's not cute. It's bad. You're fucking up that kid for the rest of his life or her life or their life or whatever. Just do, why, 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 why do we got to, why, why do we got to assault people's soul with this act? Okay. We don't. So we need more, we need it in national helpline. Okay. That's number one. Two, we got to create a system. And I'm sure there are systems already uh, in place that are amazing and well thought out. Like I'm sure there's a lot of children's books about like bad touch and good touch. And I know parents now we're more comfortable talking to our kids, it seems, but we got to like put this in school. Like if a stranger or an adult ever comes up to you and says, this is a secret, do not tell anybody. I'll kill your parents. If you tell, these are things that they can say what they're trying to do is scare you into not talking. The thing that you need to do, even though it might feel scary, is run to the nearest adult that you trust and talk. We just got to have this as part. How about instead of saying the Pledge of Allegiance every morning, we tell the kids if an adult touches you in an uncomfortable way or asks you to keep a secret, come to your teacher, come to me. Hopefully it's not the teacher doing it. And that could happen as well. So we just got to give y'all a heads up on these possible scenarios, kids. They might happen. And if it happens to you, it's okay. It's not your fault. You might feel shame. There's nothing to feel shamed of. It is all on that adults. That's all on them. It's not on you. You know, I feel like maybe instead of pledging our allegiance to the United States of America, we could educate people and children and come up with a language that's appropriate for their age about how pedophiles exist and how if you get touched inappropriately, we can actually handle that very quickly if you talk to us, okay? I think that's better than the Pledge of Allegiance. Look at me coming up with fucking great ideas trying to save the world. I mean, there we go. Um, and I'm sure people listening to this have probably, because every time I say like, is anybody working in this field or know, knows about this? Someone always DMs me, which is fantastic. Love the internet. Love it and hate it, but love it for this reason. Michael. <laughs> Look at him. I wish you guys could see him. Wait, put the camera on you. Well, the oh, poor guy. Ah, he was so upset. It's just a, impossible I don't, I don't, to get anything done. I, no, I, honestly, dude, it is. You got to multitask. I'm literally just moving a file from one, I know. one thing to another. I know. And we, I can't even, <laughs> that, even that makes I know, sense. I know. I know, dude. It's, it's, it's hard out here in these streets of oh. owning your own business, being your own God person, being your own artist. It. It's, <laughs> oh, it's a funny runner. Don't worry. Um, somebody DM'd me. I'm going to get to the uh, little chapter that we're going to read in How We Live is How We Die. Um, but somebody DM'd me this video um, and the caption was when the aliens finally abduct me onto their ship, expecting me to be scared. And then it's fucking Borat. Oh, wait, I got to play it. Like, it's so fucking funny. Oh, my God. It's so funny. It kills me. It kills me. And it's just Borat going, oh, this is nice. He's just floating around the alien ship going. Oh, 
King in the castle. King in the castle. <laughs> that would totally be me. Oh, that's so funny. Okay. Sorry. All right. Now I'm going to read a little bit of excerpt because we're going to keep this episode short and sweet like we do all the time, like I say, and then deliver on. Um, we're going to go through this book. How we live is how we die. Okay. Just know that if you live like a little bitch, you're going to die like a little bitch. Okay, little bitch. Let's not be a little bitch. Uh, chapter 14, two practices for transforming the heart. There is a practice we can do to develop the courage to feel what we feel. It's called smoke weed, then masturbate, then order snacks on DoorDash and then smoke more weed and then masturbate while your snacks come. Just kidding. It's called compassionate abiding. If we have a propensity to feel jealous, for example, who me? Yeah, I hate jealousy. I hate that's my least favorite emotion. It's it's I I imagine it's everybody's least favorite. Do you feel jealous, Mikey? I feel like you're not a jealous kind of guy, but about like what? Anything, anything. Of course. I mean, not, what do you get jealous of? I mean, I I get jealous and not in romantic relationships, but like you. about romantic relationships. Oh. I get jealous that I'm alone all the time. <laughs> you know, I get jealous of all my friends that have love in their life. Uh, oh, I uh, love you, Mikey. Fucking studio. Yeah. This is my child and it's not fulfilling. This is your child and your lover, yes. uh, but not at the same time. Um, pedophilia, it's not what's for dinner. Okay. We're going to practice talking about it with our kids. Um, yeah, I get jealous. I get, I get, I get jealous of, I'll get jealous of like career stuff with other comics, but that's like a good, that jealousy kind of is, is fuel for me. I enjoy that jealousy because it's not like, I know that I am actually happy for the person while I'm jealous for them, uh, jealous of them. Um, I am secretly happy. And, uh, but yeah, I've gotten, <laughs> I've gotten jealous of romantic situations. Uh, and I'm not, oh, I'm not proud of it. I'm not, I'm not proud of it. Uh, yeah, just hiccup. It's fine. Uh, if we have, what a do you want from me? <laughs> Just shut the fuck up, Michael, while I'm recording my podcast. <laughs> I can't help the hiccup. Um, just turn away. Don't go. I did. They're microphones. They uh -oh. pick up. That's true. So they do. Okay. If we have a propensity to feel jealous, for example, we tend to do everything we can to avoid having that unpleasant feeling. Yeah, goddamn right. I do. But in the practice of compassionate abiding. Instead of pushing it away. Oh God, I got, that reminds me of a story I got to tell you guys. <laughs> Instead of pushing it away, we open our heart to the feeling of jealousy. Not only do we allow ourselves to feel it, we go so far as to welcome it. Ooh, that gives me the willies. Uh, we breathe it in generously as we would breathe in clean country air. Then as we breathe out, we relax, allow space and open. Okay, so one time, uh, this was years ago where the, I was seeing this guy and we were like seeing each other, but we weren't official, which was fine. But there was a point where I was in him more than he was into me. Happens to me a lot. Um, and there was like this girl that came out with us that they were like, they were like, Oh, it's my friend. I'm like, okay, whatever. Um, it was a bunch of people and he, she did the same. She had the similar job as him. So you, you could believe that he was telling the truth. Yeah. But she was super cute and she was flirting with him and she had a boyfriend. And I'm like, bitch, he's mine. You go, go call your boy. Go call your boyfriend. Don't, don't, what do you, put your titties away. What are you doing? In my head. I said all this in my head and I was so annoyed, but I knew logically that she wasn't doing anything. She wasn't doing anything wrong. She could flirt. It's fucking flirting. Who gives a shit? 
but I gave a shit. And by the end of the night, I had had enough of her happiness. And I, <laughs> I, uh, I might regret admitting this cause I'm not proud of it, but it was, it was a long time ago. So it's actually fine. I pushed her. I shoved her. I shoved her. We were walking down the street and I fucking shoulder checked her out of nowhere. And she was like, what? And I was like, uh, and I pretended that I fell into her, but I didn't. I fucking, and she goes, did you just push me? And I was like, no, but I did. I pushed her. Oh, so yeah, I do feel jealousy sometimes. Compassionate abiding has the potential to change our whole relationship with jealousy. I'll say, cause I'd rather not push anybody. Uh, anymore or any other emotion instead of being located firmly in the category of unpleasant or poison, which is where it is currently for me, the feeling becomes beneficial that I cannot imagine, but I do believe Pema that she's right. Uh, these feelings help us in addition to breathing in a difficult emotion, which guys, if you've read the untethered soul, Michael Singer says this exact same thing. It's very helpful for me to hear the same concept communicated by different authors in different ways. Because then it, for me, that's when it actually resonates because ADHD, it's an excuse for everything, but really it is. Um, but when you're feeling stressed or when you're feeling anything that's like overwhelming and not cute, you just take a second, you breathe in and you breathe out. And when you breathe out, you just relax, bitch. You breathe in the jealousy. You want to push the girl, but you don't push her. You relax, bitch. Okay, you just relax. It's hard. It's hard. Okay, so in addition to breathing in a difficult emotion, we can use it to contemplate our sameness with others. And this is an interesting little take on this. The sharpness of an emotion such as jealousy can remind us how many people have the same propensity. Because I got to tell you, when you're stuck in like a rage, like a jealous rage, for example, in the moment, one of the reasons why it feels so intense is because it you're not thinking this outright, but it does like, you're not considering the fact that other people feel this exact same thing, which they do. You're just consumed by how much you feel it right now. Okay. And that is a recipe for disaster in this very hour. How many people from every country, every city, every village on the globe are feeling jealous? And she's fucking right. Cause statistically a lot of people on this planet. Okay. And statistically, 100% of the time, somebody, at least one, probably more, are feeling the exact same emotion as you at the exact same time. I promise you. It's just statistically, it's how it is. How many suffer from envy more, even more intensely than we do? Oh, that's a fun one to think about. Some bitch is way more jealous than you, bitch. It's fine. That always makes me feel better. That always makes me feel better. Like, oh, somebody, somebody handles their emotions pretty bad and it's not me for once. Woo. And of these countless people, how many, unlike ourselves, have little or no perspective on how to work with these painful emotions? Honestly, when I contemplate this, it sometimes makes me cry and it inspires me to not waste my life just feeling sorry for myself. I gotta say, a lot of things make me cry. That is not one of them. Woo! Based on this, we can do the practice of tonglen, the practice of sending and taking. So I'm just gonna summarize this because <clears throat> I've been doing this. Uh, Pema uh, wrote this really great book that if you're, about to jump off a cliff, you gotta read this book first because you won't you won't want to jump off a cliff. It's called um, uh oh shit. I'm gonna I gotta save lives. Uh, it's called uh, when things fall apart. Great book, but it's like when you're at the bottom of your fucking barrel. Read that one. But Tonglen basically, when you're feeling an overwhelming emotion, so we'll take this jealousy, whatever. Say you know if we could time travel back to before I push that girl, 
uh, if what I could have done, which would have been better for me and her bitch, uh, would have been take like realizing I have this emotion and realizing that there are other people around the world feeling this exact same emotion at the exact same time as me. And that sucks for all of us. So I'm going to breathe in that feeling of jealousy and I'm going to breathe it out for all of us. Okay. And I'm just going to send everybody who's feeling jealousy, including myself, all this fucking love and light cunt. Okay. God. Based on the, on this, we can do the practice of Tonglen, which is the practice of sending and taking. So you send, like you send it and you take it. You take the, well, no, until I'll read it actually, instead of summarizing it. <laughs> we take things even further by breathing in not only our own discomfort, but also the discomfort of others. Okay. We're feeling rage. For instance, we think about how many other people are feeling the same way. All right. As a natural complement to breathing in emotional pain. When we breathe out, we can send others whatever positive emotions and qualities we think would bring them joy, relief, such as love or confidence, health or relaxation. The sending part of Tonglen is a way of sharing our happiness and good fortune with others, all of whom have the same wish to be happy and fortunate that we do. Yeah. Think of your enemy right now. If you got an enemy, you got an enemy, everybody's got an enemy. Maybe it's like a group of people. I don't know, whatever, whoever you're, I don't know you. You do though, I hope. Uh, your enemy feels that your enemy also wants to just be happy like you. You know what I mean? So just just consider that sometimes. Maybe it'll maybe it'll lighten the load for you. It, it counteracts any unconscious habit we may have to keep all the good things to ourselves, to emphasize our own well-being far more than the well-being of others. Yeah, don't be all. I want a golden goose, daddy. No for anybody else. Um, through the practice of sending and taking using the natural alteration of our breath as a medium, we can transform any disturbing emotion into the seed of virtue, a seed of love and compassion. Oh, I love that for us. Don't push bitches, send them love. As we gain experience by applying this practice to different feelings and in different situations, we will feel less threatened by our emotional pain. Michael, so next time your friend says, I just got engaged. And you feel that pang of jealousy because you're alone and you have this podcast studio and it's also, it's your lover and your family and your children and your work. You can say, there's a lot of people right now feeling the exact same thing. I'm going to breathe it in for all of us because it sucks. And I'm going to breathe out love and family. Yeah, that'll help. Yeah. You know what? It will. You're right. I'm glad you're coming around. When I asked Trungpa Rinpoche what to do when I die, he says, Train now in resting in open awareness. And if at the time of death you feel fear or other emotions, do Tonglen for all the others who are dying and feeling the same things. Ooh, this is getting dark. I love it. Think of relieving them of their suffering and sending them happiness. I've been training like this for many years, especially when I feel fear. I breathe it in and I think of others and what they're going through. In this way, I'll open my heart now and at the moment of my death. Guys, thank you so much. Thank you so much for being uh, being here for the voices in our heads. My name is Christina Hutchinson. Listen to my debut stand-up comedy album, Good Girl Barbara. It's on iTunes. It's on Spotify. It's on Apple Music. Uh, that's iTunes. Whatever. You know where to get it. And uh, New York City, February 1st, which is a Thursday. Corinne Fisher and I are doing Guys We Fucked at the Midnight Theater. Oh, January 20th or January 31st. 31st? January 31st. We're doing a live Live guys, we fucked on YouTube at the studio. So tune into that. Uh, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's over the internet. Uh, February 9th and 10th, I'm headlining Bananas Comedy Club in New Jersey, right across the river. 
And February 14th, Los Angeles, Corinne Fisher and I are doing a live Guys We Fucked on Valentine's Day in the main room at the Comedy Store. And then March 21st and 22nd, this bitch is going to be headlining the, a room in, in Missouri, Springfield, Missouri, the Boxcar Comedy Club. Yep, I remember it eventually because I believed in myself and I hung in there. Guys, congrats on not killing yourself. I'll talk to you next week. 